Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Just Two Dads with my co-host, Mr. Sean Francis. I am Brian Haltunian. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Episode number, we think, 146. Now, we've been doing this for about three and a half years. Today's conversation is with an amazing, um, you know, there are there are people who you, you're sure that they are octopus or from the octopus family because they are juggling so many different things. Um, but our guest today is an author, among other things. We're going to be talking about that. And uh, her work with uh, children with, uh, with with hearing issues and hearing difficulties. Um, I'm a couple of things really fast before we get started. It is Sean Francis's birthday today, so I don't want to forget <laughs> because knowing me, I will forget. It's Sean Francis's birthday today, so I'm going to say happy birthday, Thank you. Sean. Thank I'm you. at the Rare Advocacy Summit from the Global Genes Conference, so I'm speaking today. So I'm a little remote, and I'm going to be leaving a little early, but. Uh, this is going to be a great episode because Michelle is phenomenal. I can't wait for you guys to all meet her. So hang on for another episode of Just Two Dads. That didn't work. It didn't seem like it's working. Does that work? Did it come up? Didn't work. This is why we go live, Michelle. This is what happens because this is this is real life, right? This is this yeah. is craziness. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I am Brian Altunian, along with Sean Francis, episode 146. We started this podcast about three and a half, oh, not quite three and a half years, about three years ago. Uh, decided that we wanted to shine the spotlight on amazing, uh, amazing people who are doing great things for the special needs community. Uh, we have an amazing guest today, and I'm also, uh, again, I'm at the Rare Advocacy Summit, uh, the Global Genes Conference. Um, people come together for rare genetic diseases and servicing them. So I'm speaking at today's conference. So a little half, I'll be leaving um, our podcast probably halfway through, um, but putting in the hands, the very, very capable hands of Mr. Sean Francis. So if you're catching us live on Facebook, we're excited for you to be hearing about uh, Michelle and Michelle's journey and and, and who she is. And uh, and if you're catching us after the fact on our YouTube channel at Just Two Dads, um, Welcome. Thanks for making us part of your day. If you're catching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and share the content. Because I think that when you hear again, to, uh, when you hear Michelle's story, you're going to want to share this content with folks. Uh, if you're hear, hearing us on podcast outlets, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever, thank you for making us part of your listening day. And the same goes true for our folks down at WSTX AM Radio in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Thanks for having us be a part of your day. Whew. <laughs> I think that was everything, right? I think I got it all in. Yeah, um, I think you got it all in. Yes, little, yes, little, yes. Uh, little harried, but I'm I am excited for today's conversation. I'm going to mute myself a couple times just because it's loud in the room that I'm at at this conference. There are a lot of people here at this conference. It's kind of amazing. Um, but without further ado, and to introduce our guest in a little more detail, I'm going to hand it over to our birthday boy. I'm not going to say how old he is because uh, he's eternally young. <laughs> <laughs> I had no, when I first met Sean eight years, eight plus years ago, and he told me how old he was, I was like, there's no way, dude, you are that old because you look like a 30 year old. So uh, anyways, Sean Francis, my birthday boyfriend, how are you feeling today? Hey, I am feeling great and blessed and really blessed more so than usual. I've been pondering it because, you know, I have no, no, no shame in it. I'm more amazed than anything. Today's my 59th birthday and I just, I I just find it and us as human beings so amazing. And it ties into why we decided to do this show. Um, you know, just to shine a spotlight on people and make purpose out of life. Our guest today is an author, 
Okay, as far as I know, she's not the Caribbean, not from the Caribbean like myself, but she still yeah. might fit um, the, the family on the old uh, in, in Living Color uh, skit, the Caribbean family, where, you know, when I was your age, I had a job and I did five things. I was the cook, the dishwasher, <laughs> the manager, the busboy, because she is an author, a realtor. She has a farm and she does a bunch of different things. But at the top of it, she's a mom who is a warrior and fights for the rights of her child who was diagnosed with a, uh, a hearing disability. And um, if you can, please welcome to Just Two Dads, Michelle Wagner. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you so very much. So the way we begin the show, for those of you that um, tune in on a regular basis, um, you know, most of the guests don't see themselves as heroes. Most heroes don't see themselves as heroes, but a hero is what you are. And most heroes have superpowers and superpowers come from a hero's origin. So let's start there as we always do with, you know, where you're from, because those things, where you're from, where and how you were raised, where you were raised literally and metaphorically have everything to do with how you respond to a diagnosis that your child may have or any other challenge or blessing for that matter that life may grant you. So why don't we start there, Michelle? Uh, well, first of all, I, I believe that every day is a gift. Um, every day of life is a gift. I was uh, born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, and mm -hmm. um, my parents are still in the same house that I was raised in and, uh, you know, since a baby, uh, married for 46 years. And uh, I have a very strong uh, Italian and Polish heritage and uh, carried over a lot of traditions from both of those cultures. Um, and although I lived in Chicago, we lived in a small little neighborhood. So neighbors were close and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I went to a good school. I had two younger sisters. Uh, my dad worked full time. My mom stayed at home with us. And um, I think, you know, they really instilled uh, their, you know, hardworking ethic. I had great grandparents and grandparents, so I was very fortunate in that sense to have a lot of relatives and family close by. My great grandparents had a farm about an hour away from where our house was, and we would go there on the weekends. And I, I, I always loved outdoors. Uh, and, even in the snow, <laughs> uh, but I really, I really uh, took to nature and helping others. Uh, actually, my younger sister, our middle sister, um, she had learning disabilities, and uh, you know we would tag along with my mom, uh, you know, to her tutoring and remediation and things like that, which she had at Northwestern University. Because uh, my grandmother had worked there in the past. And, um, you know, I saw my parents always doing their hardest to give us the best possible opportunities to succeed. And I think that was that was something, you know, I still carry through today in my life. <laughs> Michelle, what was your sister's diagnosis, if you don't mind me asking? Um, she, she, um, there was no di diagnosis. She just, um, you know, she had a learning disability. Learning disabilities. Uh, yeah. So she was held back a year, but, uh, she's, she's doing fine and great right now. Uh, not, nothing kind of compared to 
like my son and what I've gone through. But I just always saw my parents trying to help other people, whether it was um, elderly grandparents or neighbors or friends, you know, growing up in a very close, tight-knit family and community uh, is, is a very special thing. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. People be of service. Being, yeah, sure. that's something to be said for being from a small community. Um, you know, I mentioned it, you know, at the beginning talking about being from the Caribbean. I'm from the U.S. Virgin Islands from St. Thomas. I have family on St. Croix, but St. Thomas is like 32 square miles. Um, and, you know, there's something to be said for people, you know, looking out for each other in a community. And it's interesting you were talking about your sister. If we look at different times um, in history in terms of acknowledgement and diagnosis and things like that, there are people that missed are misdiagnosed and then there and there are diagnosis diagnoses that are that are missed and so it's interesting right. how that would you know take place that despite their attempt to try and figure out well what is it that's taking place there isn't anything that's there i've mentioned on a couple occasions that i'm pretty convinced that there's a diagnosis of some kind missed with me just be in terms of how i process things but you know i was listening to a podcast the other day uh an episode of a show by mentor of ours, a gentleman by the name of Ed Milet, where the guest on there was talking about, and I always say how everything, anything that that um, affects the general population affects the special needs community twice as much. And we're all, we've always been led to believe that our past dictates our future or how we perceive the past. There was a notion there that actually says that the present dictates the past. So if you think about the meaning that we give to things that we've experienced, it shapes how we operate today. And I think that that's so so, so fascinating, especially looking at a situation with your sister where there wasn't a di you know a diagnosis. But anyway, I'm in the ramble zone, so please continue. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think that's great, and I think that you know that that whatever <clears throat> the past has brought us led us to, you know, the choices that we made and what we chose to do with, you know, uh, you know, the life we were handed uh, makes mm -hmm. a huge difference. And I believe, you know, happiness is also a choice. And um, I think For a lot sure. of people have, have different types of challenges. And, um, you know, I, I have my, my own challenges, but it's just like, you know, if you power through or, you know, just try to do your best. If you have the right attitude, I think. And like everything, anything is possible. And, um, you know, I danced my whole life and I had, I found out when I was 16, I had herniated discs and, you know, scoliosis. And, you know, wow. I, I had to take time off and do like three months of hardcore physical therapy. And then I got right back out there because I wanted to finish like the senior year and then went mm -hmm. on to be a cheerleader in college. But I had to quit at some point because, you know, but, you know, an active lifestyle, there, there's a way to work through anything, I believe. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Go ahead, Sean. You can ask. So. Yeah. So I was just going to say, uh, so at this point you were telling us, so you're talking about, you know, high school. Um, and then leading into your marriage and becoming a, a you know, a mother, why don't we, um, sort of follow that path? Sure. Sure. I, uh, so after high school, I went to college for teaching and, um, I worked, uh, I always worked two or more jobs, um, you know, to, to get through school. And then 
I found out I liked the restaurant business better. And then through that, I, uh, I worked my way up to management. And through that, I met uh, Mickey's father, and um, who was from California, uh, wine, okay. winemaker and farmer. And I moved out here shortly after that. We got engaged. And, uh, and then, you know, eight years later, Mickey came along. And uh, is the, probably was the greatest gift for everybody. And uh, Mickey, Mickey, we adopted him um, because I was not getting pregnant. So that was a challenge mm -hmm. in itself. And um, so he was in an orphanage and we adopted him. And we didn't know um, at the time that he was deaf. Wow. How so old we, was he? He was you adopted uh, six, 16 months and then 18 months when we finally brought him home. We had to do uh, two trips over there um, to get him. Uh, where, where, where's over there? He was in an orphanage in Russia. Oh wow! And, uh, okay. Wow. There was about sixty kids in the room of, uh, you know, the size probably the size of your kitchen or or smaller, and yeah. they, you know, they didn't. But you know, he was happy, and he he right away. Um, we loved him right away. And, uh, and after three trips there, we got to bring him home and then, you know, discovered that he might not, it, he wasn't hearing the ear, nose and throat specialist here, put hearing aids on his head. And then finally we, uh, went to a, a local like hospital specialized, um, and they discovered that he was, um, completely deaf. Completely. And, so not even partial, not even partial in it, both ears. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, that that was, uh, you know, that was hard to hear, but sure. we, were, we were both, his dad and I were both ready to do whatever we had to do to um, make, make Mickey's life successful. We were introduced to cochlear implants, mm -hmm. bilateral cochlear implants, which uh, you could read about in the books, but they're the devices. Um, it's an operation where they put um, a device inside your head. The head, yeah, very they're familiar with that. Yeah. Inside. And uh, so we that was a long. There was a waiting list to get in, and then the operation, and then after you have the operation, um, I actually have a photo from when Mickey came home from the hospital. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> that's after the bandage was off, though, because it's like heads, you know. Brain surgery or something. And how old was he? How old was he then? Um, at that time, he was three, so he was like about two when we got him, and then he was three when um, he had the implants done. And mm. uh, at the time, uh, his dad and I were going through a divorce, and uh, so it was a really challenging point in my life that sure. I learned a lot and I grew a lot. And um, I have a very supportive family, very supportive community. Um, Mickey's dad's family is also very supportive. And, uh, you know, having a small community like that, like, you know, very similar to what I grew up with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, help does help when you're going through a challenge of any sure. sort. You're living in California at this point, right? I am. I am. I've been in. And you're now, and you were then too, at the, when he was three and went through the the process. Yeah. Right. So, I moved here in 2002. Got married 2000. It's beginning of 2004, um, yeah. and then got Mickey in 2010. Gotcha. And I've been in the same area 
you know, uh, the same small town ever since I moved here. Yeah. So it's over 20 awesome. years. So in the wow. Napa Sonoma Valley area of California. Yep. Still that's the wine, wine making country of California, making section of California. Yeah. Um, very, very ag uh, orientated around agriculture. Yeah. Agriculture for sure. For sure. So then Mickey is now 12, 13. How old is Mickey? Now he's 15. Oh my gosh. 15 in April. Yes. Uh, when I wrote wow. the books, he was younger. Uh, but he, I deal with numbers and finance, so I can cal calculate numbers <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, okay. yeah. So tell and us so, about the path. Go, yeah, no, go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, no. I'm just going right to the same, same, same spot. Yeah. Tell us about the path then from you've got his diagnosis, the, um, the, the cochlear implants being put in, going through that divorce at the same time. So, Obviously, you've got a path that goes from there towards your purpose in the book and your purpose being redefined and everything. So uh, let's pick it up where we, you know, after you're going through the, the divorce and the, and the, and the implants uh, have been have been uh, put in. So uh, Mickey was implanted and he had to go to several different specialized schools um, due to his learnt, uh, cognitive delays and the hearing and speech part of it. And uh, during, you know, it was as he was getting older um, and still had trouble communicating, you know, I would have to explain to everybody when we would meet them, new people, what he's wearing on his head and mm -hmm. uh, why he's wearing that on his head and that it helps him here. And, you know, because at a lot of times he would get frustrated if people didn't understand him. And I mean, he was in constant speech therapy and still is you know, but it's still, there's a, a communication barrier. And I believe that communication is essential to succeed in life any, any way you look at it. So uh, COVID uh, came around and uh, we were, you know, at home and that's when I decided to write the books. Uh, well, one book, I, I didn't know what was going to happen, if it was going to take off or not, uh, just to bring awareness about what cochlear implants are because adults, you know, not just children, adults, I didn't know what they were before Mickey was implanted. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to bring awareness, educate people. Uh, and, you know, writing a children's book was an easy way to show, you know, pictures and uh, kind of explain, introduce, it's not just to our community. I mean, I was doing it for just you know, our community to have for like maybe put in the schools. I didn't know it was going to get awards and things like that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really didn't know that. And, you know, all of everything, how many people it would really help. And I mean, that's what really, um, you know, that's purpose in itself. But the fact that I could help, you know, not just my son, but a whole, you know, bunch of people and educate isn't that amazing when it comes to creating something, right? You, you create it for yourself and the fact that it benefits others and, and, and wins awards and you get acknowledgement and accolades. That's, you know, I, I I'm often, I, I love the fact that a lot of creators are humbled when they get, they get some sort of award and like, I didn't even, like, I don't even know, didn't know that this was going to have the kind of impact it did. So, You broke up there a little, Brian. You froze. Uh, if you can't, uh, uh, tell oh, us then. Um, I love that. There Congratulations, by the way. 
You froze there for a second. You froze. You froze. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say that the name of the book is Mickey on the Move for those that for those that can see it on the screen or those listening. Mickey on the Move. And then uh, well, uh, my question was going to be, did Mickey help you write the book? Is, was he in Israel? I would think he would be right involved in the writing of the message. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, he thought it was so cool that, you know, I didn't show him anything about it until um, I found like an illustrator. Mm hmm. And um, he, you know, I mean, he was like, he couldn't believe, he still sometimes can't believe it and can't believe people like it, you know, and he's in it. Right. In this book. But uh, I, I was, I think I'm, I was just like more in shock that I, that it actually came to life or that it actually happened. Right. Um, it's something I never imagined, ever imagined doing. <laughs> well, let's. Or, or have, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's look at two, two things. First, tell us a little bit about about the book. What is the book, uh, you know, uh, about? And and because when you decide, I have this story in this situation. I think there's inspiration that can come from it. Where does one even begin? Because the idea of writing a book is something that, you know, from what you're telling telling us, isn't something you aspire to do, but the idea aspired to find you. So, especially for someone in a situation like that, tell us a little bit about you know how that came about. Because your thought is kind of like, well, what am I going to write the book about? Tell us about that itself. And then, um, you know, tell us about, uh, you know, well, why don't we just start there? Tell us a little bit about the book itself, what exactly what the book is about. And then we've lost, we lost Brian. I think he may or may not uh, join Come us. Again. He's having okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the book is basically just about, uh, you know, a typical day in uh, our life. And at the time, mm -hmm. Mickey was... Uh, you know, entering sixth grade and mm -hmm. he was finally, you know, here uh, mainstream. So he was at the, you know, our public schools here in St. Helena and mm -hmm. he got to ride his bike to school. And, uh, you know, it just kind of like shows the picture of the cochlear implant. So people understand what it is and um, how differently, you know, in my, in our household, you know, it was quiet. It has to be quiet because a lot of extra noise distracts uh, Mickey, you know, or it can be overwhelming. And then, oh, is that because of the sensitivity of the implant? Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's basically like you're wearing two computers on your ears. So the, the attachment, mm. you know, attaches to your cochlea and then through vibrations and sounds. So he hears differently than we hear. Interesting. And, and out like other noise, um, you know, kind of, you know, pots and plans clinking or lots of silverware moving around, like in a restaurant could be overwhelming or a mm -hmm. basketball in a gym. So, you know, in the mornings, so it was Mickey and I living together, just the two of us. Um, right. Usually always. And the benefit of that was I could constantly help him with speech. I still go to his speech sessions with him. And that's mm -hmm. the whole process. And so the book kind of demonstrates how, uh, you know, how our household is run in order for mm -hmm. Mickey to, you know, hear properly and then how he navigates through school. And then it gives an example uh, because it was like always the cafeteria was, a, was, a, was an issue um, because it was too loud for him. And so he on his own just started going to the library instead at lunchtime 
and other children are in the library too. And, yeah. you know, the teacher at the time thought, you know, she's like, I don't know, Mickey just goes to the library at lunch, you know, does he need help socializing? And at the time I was coaching his soccer team, very active. Kids were over after school all the time. To swim. You were coaching the soccer team? Yes. I Hold coached on, let me write that down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I coached every year he was on just because, you know, it, it helped me help him, you know. Did you start the team or did you just kind of raise your hand and say, all right, the team needs a coach. Uh, I, yeah, I, I volunteered. I um, There was just one or two years where I coached uh, by myself, but usually one of the dads was coaching and I was the, you know, the second coach. Assistant, yeah. Right, because I never played soccer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but with the younger kids, they, they just want to have fun and you kick the ball. It was, you know, I was more there to bring fresh lemonade and some snacks. And, yeah. But I ran around there with okay. them. Okay. Let's keep on the on that that train because and I don't even you're just so busy being you that you might not even realize what you just said. I've never played soccer. I didn't play sports, but I'm going to coach this team because there's a need. I have no idea of, you know, desire to write a book, never even wondered about it. Right. But I'm but I'm going to do it and I don't know how. So continuing with the book, okay, you've got this idea because there are people that are watching including Brian and I being here. I mean, I think we have an idea as to how, because we've talked about writing books together and individually. And yeah. some of our challenge is our time, but some of it is then. We don't have to do it. it. How am I going <laughs> to write it and get it out there? So tell us about yeah. the process of going from inspiration to fruition, having had no idea how, because I'm sure the same thing applies to the book as well as soccer. <laughs> and everything else in life. Um, <laughs> I love to be sure. challenged, let's just say. Uh, right. They, uh, well, writing the book, someone had suggested it to me. Uh, a friend, um, through a friend, she writes children's books, and she was writing all these books, um, Game Day in the USA, and um, they're about a cheerleader um, that helps other children with special needs. That's fantastic. Um, and travels to all these different cities with these where these football teams are from. And she hadn't done a book yet on the 49ers. And she said, I think you should write a book about Mickey um, so that then Mickey can be the person I come visit uh, in, you know, the Bay Area for the 49ers book. Wow. And, wow. Wow. Uh, and so, I mean, I literally took a shot at it and I said, well, who's your publisher? I mean, I, I, I still don't remember, like, you know, it, it seems like a blur, everything. <laughs> That's you know, amazing that. because you could see if you, when, when, when you get the link after we wrap and you get the chance to go back and look at the show, look at this point, this, we're at 27.06 into the interview, into our time today. Look at the look on your face because you, you just said something and stepped outside yourself. You're like, I asked her, who's your publisher? And then the look on your face, you could tell that you're thinking, what kind of nerve that I have asking who her publisher is and I haven't even published a book yet, but it's very, but it, but it's very insightful though. It is. It really is. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I just followed the steps and uh, started writing mm. and I mean, I really did not know what was going to come of it. I just the, took a shot but, at it. And the fact that you you basically were trying to tell the story that I'm sure you you've got a million questions over and over and over and over again prior. So in a way, it's like this is how we this is how we do things. This is 
what happens. This is, you know, our, and this is our experience. And, you know, in a way, I'm sure it was just a, a you know, a reiteration of, of things that you've, that you were, you had been discussing for, for a while, but, um, but again, to still, to be inspired and go through the process and then find an illustrator and, and how long did it take you from the time you're like, you thought I'm going to write this book till you've got the illustrator and then you got it published. How, how long of a period of time was that? It was pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, we're, I'm not like surprised. A, maybe a year, <laughs> a year. <laughs> Wow, it was amazing. quick. And then I, and then, you know, I, I, I was like, all right, I got to write number book number two now. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's real life people in the books because it's really about our life. Uh, sure. you know, it takes place here. It was extremely well. I mean, I only printed a couple cause I was going to give them to the schools and then out of nowhere it won an award. And, um, and I, and it was like the demand was there. And then, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't just local bookstores or schools it was, or me giving it to people. It was like Amazon and now it's, I mean, Barnes and Noble and, you know, every across the country uh, because everywhere that, you know, th there's a need, there's a, always a need for education and everything yeah. starts with education. For for sure. I feel, I feel the space that wasn't filled, I think, just by telling somebody about a day in our life. And and now that it's and now that it's happened and it's taken off, you've even you've even hired a, a publicist. We know we've communicated with Lori or Orlinsky. Uh, yeah, as a, forward as a publicity because yeah, because I, I didn't know all this, all these things were you know, I was like, Well, wait, I don't have time for all this stuff. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was just like I said, still in shock. And I was like, you know, I can't do all of this. I can't, you know, I have real estate. I have Mickey is beyond, you know, full-time job. I am a very, being a mom and cooking and having friends over. I mean, I live for that. That's, that's what I live for and mm -hmm. advocating for Mickey and, you know, helping him with everything, you know, every step of the way. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. How many, so how many books do you have planned? Is it, a, you're, you're going to do a series? What is your, what's your thought? Where, which, where are you going? Uh, yeah, I, I do want to do a series. And the next, you know, then there was Mickey on the Move Farming. And it talks about uh, Mickey's everyday life. And then another challenge with the cochlear implants. Because okay. uh, at the time he was implanted and for the first few years, the implants could not get wet. So when he would go swimming, mm. he couldn't hear at all. Uh, you know, if a sprinkler turned on out of nowhere or something, and you know, with, um, uh oh, there you are. We're here. We can, yeah, we can hear you. We okay, can hear you. Sorry. You're good. Sorry, my thing went away. Um, with, uh, but anything getting wet was a big, huge challenge. And then they finally came out with aquacochlears and, uh, and it related directly to our life because his, his dad is a farmer and we here at our house during COVID, we started out with four chickens and now we have 16 <laughs> chickens. I have two beehives, a very huge vegetable garden. And we, started, wow. and we inherited this, um, like a very, very old orchard and, um, we take care of it all. And it's, uh, it's, 
it's a way to learn. I mean, you know, talk about learning about the birds and the bees. This is homeschool, even though there's real school too. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, amazing. And so what's next after farming? Obviously, that's uh, Probably the, Mickey the on the Moon Sports. So that my friend Marnie, okay. who is the one that encouraged me to write a book, could finally write her 49ers book. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Mickey will be the character in there. And then, I mean, there's lots of things you could write about. So the aquacochlear, you know, for the first book introduced cochlear implants. The second book yeah. uh, introduced, you know, the aqua cochlears. In the sports book, I would really like to talk, talk about how we navigated through Mickey playing sports, playing soccer. I mean, the cochlears would fall off when he was running in the field, you know, and then I would be like, don't anybody stop. I mean, I had to be there just to like <laughs> the referee. Sure. Like, oh, don't you know yeah. anybody step on Don't move because it's like your computer and they're very yeah. fragile and so we figured out we use we still till today use men's wig tape and we put it on the back wow. of the cochlear for him so that it's interesting sticks, um behind his ear and um and then you know you can wear a headband or when he's playing tennis he always wears a hat but he still has to wear that men's wig tape on the back and so you know i want to talk about that because maybe a lot of parents don't know about that, you know, and what's sure. really good, the more groups you join, the more outreach, there, the more you put it out there, the more people mm -hmm. you're helping, you know, with yeah. anything. Always, always. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. And, and so tell us, uh, and, and you may have said this, my, my internet is, you know, again, I'm sharing it with uh, thousands of attendees here. So my internet has been kind of going in and out. Um, so I apologize if you said this already. So, um, you, you had said that he, we, we have a little bit of delay, right? He has a little bit of, of delay in learning because it, he was, you know, he wasn't able to hear until three years old. And, and so at what age level or what grade level is he, is he, is he almost caught up? How far, how far is he from, from his, from again, what you would call the appropriate age group, I guess, from learning. Well, uh, without, without going into too much details, there are cognitive delays and he is he attends um school with children his age um and his learning level um they adapt to that yeah. but uh mm -hmm. mickey's very responsible and um he actually he loves farming and he is very skilled he he's um very empathetic mm, that's and, fantastic um so he he likes helping others and, you know, I mean, and he loves helping animals uh, and he's extremely athletic. Like now he's really into tennis and golf and he's good at both of them. He loves to right. mount bike. Uh, so he has his gifts, you know, um, kind School of. School with, with their. Right. With, yeah. And, you know, he's a visual learner and he mm. learns by doing, which which is, you know, another, you know, that's, that's his way. And, um, you know, I work, I do my best every day to, you know, inquire, ask questions and reach out to resources. Right. To help us develop whatever the best is to get him, you know, up to speed and, you know, reach the goals that he needs to reach and all that. So is, is his communication, um, uh, a combination of sign and some verbal communication, all sign or how does it's that all work? verbal. It's all, and, it's all um, verbal. Okay, it's fantastic. It's all verbal. Yeah. And, and him and I, we do sign 
Um, Cause one of the schools he was in from first through third grade, they did, mm -hmm. um, it was like dual, like kind of like dual, they did sign and, and talking, you know, and one of the mm -hmm. questions before he was implanted to Mickey's dad and I was, do we want a speaking child or do we want a signing child? And interesting. You know, I never even thought of that. Now yeah. it's, it's funny how they said, do you want one or the other? Did you have the option to say, well, I don't know, like maybe both or whatever is easiest for him? Uh, yeah, but we wanted a speak. We wanted to give him the the, the opportunity to speak. Both, yeah, the best were you know the best of the possibilities. You know, take the take you know everything as a risk that you're just trying. I mean, the operation in itself, and uh, so we just you know jump on it. Mm, okay. That's fantastic. That's great. And Br Brian's not going to be back joining us just because the internet is really, the connection is really spotty where he is at the event. But that's one of the great things about being able to create something that can add value to other people and purpose. I, I think that's just one of the greatest things on earth. So, and that's what you've done with the book. That's what you're going to do with more books that you have coming. That's what's taking place today as we're here with you. And Brian is at, um, at, at this event, which I, look forward to hearing what he's going to learn from the event as well too. So, um, you know, but I think that's just great. And I never thought about that before going through therapy where someone says, well, what do you want to focus on your child's ability to communicate verbally or using sign language, you know? And so let me ask you this, considering that you chose that you wanted him to be able to be verbal mm -hmm. versus sign, how did the sign language come into play? And is it, is, cause I'm starting to think, well, even if you, because there's a challenge with, you know, hearing and he's hearing impaired, unless you avoid it altogether and just, you know, decide to abandon it and never go anywhere near it, there's going to be an aspect of signing that comes into play anyway. Is that safe to assume? Is that how it can oh, absolutely, be? Absolutely. Because when he takes those off, he cannot hear anything. And sometimes he needs to just take those off and not hear anything. And that was going to be my question. When is he, when does he take them off to sleep? Just to, to sleep, decompress? They, they have batteries, so they need to be charged. And the cochlear, the aqua cochleas for swimming, you know, they they have a very, because they are, it is with water and it's muffled. And so sometimes, you know, if it's just him and I at home and he wants to swim, um, he'll, he'll say, can I just not wear them? And then if he, we need something we can sign to each other. So he really yeah. used sign uh, in the beginning when he didn't have that many words in his vocabulary. And also yeah. those first few years when he was swimming and because um, he really loves to swim um, and it's an, mm. an outlet for energy, you know, I mean, all sure, sure. Need to spend their energy. <laughs> Definitely. And I feel like we're all, even as adults, happier when we spend our energy and we got to move. But, um, yeah. You know, yeah. so we, we still use it every so often. Let me know. ask you this. So tell me about the, the, the aqua cochlear. So if I'm understanding correctly, surgery is performed. You have the plain cochlear implants. When it comes to the aqua co cochlear, there isn't additional surgery, but there's just different devices that are attached to what's already implanted in his brain. Is that correct? Or do I have that? Yeah, if you can imagine um, sort of attaching, putting a bathing cap on your head to swim, mm -hmm. it's, that's what it's like. It's like a little um, plastic thing that goes over uh, the device. So, uh -huh. 
So he wears the thing around his ear. And then if you can imagine, yeah, just putting a bathing cap on your head. So yeah. it prevents water from getting to the processor, which is the essentially the computer and right. you know, the magnet. And uh, yeah, so no, no surgery. Thank goodness. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. That's, and, and how long is the, have the aqua um, cochlear has been around? Do, do you know? Um, they've been around, let's see, he was planted in 2012. Uh, I think 2016. So when he first got his cochlear implants, the aqua cochlear didn't even exist. Correct. That is wild. Okay, so and they I'm had familiar. only been around twenty five years when he was implanted. Well, and that's what I was going to say. That new about, development. About twenty to twenty five years ago, I worked um, in health insurance, and I worked in um, customer service, and then in grievance and appeals, and especially in grievance and appeals. You know what would happen is if someone was denied coverage for something, they would file an appeal and. Uh, I started out with what was a small company. Usually it eventually got bought by a larger conglomerate. And, you know, prior to that sale, though, what would happen is as a grievance and appeals representative, you would meet with a medical director to give the human side as to why something might, you know, should be covered. And the medical director, who's a doctor, would give the medical reason as to why he agreed or disagreed or whatever the case might be. And so cochlear implants came about, you know, they would come up, come across my desk, you know, a couple of times. And I was like, I, I had no idea what they were. So I didn't realize really? that they were that new and to know that the aqua just didn't even exist at that point in time. That's fascinating. Right. Right. It's, I mean, and they're, they're going to, now they have, a, and also since then something called the Kenzo has been developed and rather than having the processor wrap around your ear and the magnet attached to your head, um, it's just like the magnet attached to your head part. It's like a little disc the size of a, um, a half dollar, if you can imagine. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, uh, it's a Kenzo and it's attached to that, that place where the magnet is in your head. And then, and you, so it's everything in one. For people that are very active, it's not ideal especially mm -hmm. somebody like Mickey, who's, he's working on a farm. He's, you know, they could be lost very easily. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then, you know, the magnet falls off, it falls off. It, there's nothing holding it secure like that men's wig wow. I was discussing or yeah. anything that you could, you know, no safeguards. <laughs> right. So when we talk about, you know, innovation and in business is always about, you know, finding, uh, identifying a problem and offering a solution. So for anybody out there that's listening, that's in the tech field, there's a solution for a more uh, sport-friendly cochlear implant than the ones that already exist. So there's, 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 there, yeah, from a business standpoint, there's a, there's a market, but, but just from a spiritual standpoint, there's a need and an opportunity to add to people's quality of life. So those of you that are in that field that are listening, uh, get to work. <laughs> that, that's right. Right. Cause nothing, if you know, if there's no, if you don't change something, you, you can't grow. And I mean, there's probably yeah. new developments every day through the doctors and the speech pathologists and everything. It's, it's really amazing. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's, it's my job as a parent to, you know, find every resource um, available mm -hmm. to, you know, to not to, to live it for Mickey to have a typical life. And that's what we've done the whole, the whole time to 
not labeled to not you know to make to make him you know mainstream in school and right you know, and 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 he is confident and you know very active and social and as i mentioned empathetic yeah you know i think that you know and we focus on gratitude every day yes and, yeah. um, we say what we're thankful for for mm -hmm. every single day and, Definitely. and every day he's thankful for his cochlear implants because he knows mm -hmm. without them he can't hear at all and right. uh you know every day we're grateful for doctors and speech pathologists and teachers and mm -hmm. you know kind people because that's another you know you know being kind is essential kindness is everything i'm going to ask you to do something that you probably I don't know you well enough to say that you've never done it, but I know you well enough to know that there's times you probably don't do it and don't overlook it. And because I also think it's part of the human experience. But if you mention that he's all those things and you see that, allow yourself some credit or um, the good feeling that you've contributed to that because that doesn't just happen, you know? So, um, it doesn't have to be prideful or boastful, but it's okay. To, you know what? I, I can feel good about that. We all deserve to you know, feel good about ourselves. And, and sometimes we're so focused on the race and the journey and the destination that we don't even realize what we've accomplished along the way. So allow yourself to, you know, just from one warrior to another, allow yourself to, um, to give yourself credit and accept the credit for him being where he is and where he's going because you've got a village around you. It sounds like from everything that you've said, there's still a great relationship with his father and everything, but you're responsible for your actions and the ones that you've put forth have so much to do with who he is, who he, you know, how he contributes to the world and who he continues to be and the man that he'll grow into. So allow yourself to, to uh, take that credit. Thank you. Yeah, most definitely. Cause it's, it, it's everything, you know, we're so busy trying to, do what we do and you know you're not doing anything for you know for glory you're trying to find answers to um uh to problems and 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 solutions and so when those things are taking place we might not always know you know so um so that that is fantastic so what do you have coming up next and then you know for those that are actually looking um live on facebook or on our youtube channel after the fact we've got the link on the screen where you can um uh, get that Mickey on the Move um, uh, Farming, the, the latest book on Amazon. You can find it there. And, you know, on Amazon, you can also follow authors. And so you can find Michelle there at um, uh, as well. So if you just go to Amazon you, and, and look at Michelle Wagner or Mickey on the Move, you'll find where you can purchase the book uh, as well. And where might um, people be able to follow or contact you, and, you know, just keep up to date with the things that you're doing? Uh, well, I have, being a realtor, I'm on um, all sorts of social media uh, platforms, but I have a website, michellewagnerauthor.com, mm -hmm. and there you can see all the different places from Barnes to Noble, the different bookstores. Uh, you can see, uh, you can kind of see a timeline, basically, of, um, you know, the whole process of finding out Mickey was deaf to being implanted to his life today. And uh, a lot of the, we actually, uh, Cochlear America is the big company that they, uh, you know, they did a story on us, um, you know, how we, how I can help other parents 
you know, and, and parents helping other parents and asking questions and being open and available is, is how, how things get developed and get, and, you know, resources become and decisions are made and answers are found through all types of community efforts. Definitely. And did you say uh, Cochlear America? Cochlear Americas is the, is what the cochlear implants are. And so on their mm, website, okay. um, they, you know, they, and everything is on my website, michellewagnerauthor.com. Okay, good, good, good. Cause we have that and on the screen as well. So people can see and, that. And Instagram and um, the book has its own Instagram, Mickey on the move and Facebook page as well. And Twitter, LinkedIn everywhere. Great, great. Well, we're getting to the point where we're sort of winding down just a little. Um, and we're at the point in the show, um, just about where we ask the following question. Um, you know, our ability to change the world is tied to our ability or our willingness to change ourselves. And so based on that, with that in mind, give us just one example. If you have two, that's great, but at least one of a thought or a belief that you once felt strongly, but no longer believed to be true. And there's no wrong answer. You know, we always, I always tell people, you know, if you're, if you're, it could be deep and philosophical, or it could be that I once thought that pepperoni pizza was everything that there is. And now I no longer like pepperoni. That might seem shallow, but it doesn't matter what it is. Well, I, you know, I always, um, I would say as a child believed, um, you know, I mean, I kind of had a, you know, I had a mom and a dad and two sisters and grandparents and, Mm -hmm. food to eat and everything like that. And, you know, that's how life is supposed to go. And, and then you're hit with challenges. And, um, you know, my life was pretty, pretty, uh, whatever, pretty planned out and pretty, you know, I had good students. I was a good student. You know, I had friends. I, you know, everything that I tried, I had mm -hmm. success at. And, um, right. And then, you know, all in one year, kind of, um, you know, not being able to conceive and adopting and finding out McGee was deaf and going through a divorce uh, and, you know, coming out of it, um, having a happy home, having a really good life and being a single mom that, you know, anything is possible and nothing is uh, you can't expect everything. And, you know, movies are movies and books are books, but there is, there is no, there is no perfect, no, no such thing as perfection. All we can right. do is all try together. And I would say just that, you know, uh, anything is possible. Like you can get through anything if, if, you know, there, there's a lot of things I thought I couldn't get through and, and I have, and I'm there to tell everybody, no matter how bad it seems, mm -hmm. there is a light at the end of the tunnel somehow. That's fantastic. 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 Well, as we wrap up, I want to, um, before I get to thank you, I want to make sure that uh, we share just a, a couple of closing um, uh, points here. The first thing is, you know, we had a, a previous guest on the show, um, Billy Price, who's the founder of the company uh, called Billy Footwear. And what they do is they make uh, adaptive footwear for people with disabilities that may have challenges 
um, putting shoes on and they're an amazing organization. And if you know, we have the link on the screen, if you uh, utilize that link to purchase uh, a pair of shoes from Billy footwear, you will get uh, a 10% uh, discount. They're a fantastic organization and Billy's story is uh, equally amazing. Um, the next thing is, you know, Brian and I um, founded a, uh, a men's group called um, The Den. And it was just uh, an idea of, you know, there to be a place where um, men can come and, um, and, and express themselves. You know, I used to be the person that when I heard a men's group, I envisioned a bunch of guys sitting around a campfire trying to see who could push a beard out the furthest and who was the most grizzled and who had the biggest kill of the day. And those things just don't apply to me. <laughs> but having been a member of a men's group, um, probably about, I think it's maybe three years ago, I think right around COVID, um, got something out of that. And we thought, you know, if, if, if men um, need a group and a place to just kind of express themselves, considering that society doesn't always um, encourage that. It probably is twice as important for a man who might be a caregiver or parent uh, or dad to someone with special needs, whether it's a diagnosis, someone that is um, elderly, whatever the case might be. And so the link is on the screen there uh, where you can register for the group called The Den. We meet uh, bi-weekly each Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific um, on Zoom. And our next gathering is actually this week. And then the last thing is um, we've got an event that's coming up in October, October 13th, I believe. Um, myself and two friends of ours, uh, one that works in real estate and the other that works as an estate planning attorney, we're going to be touching on, um, I'll be touching on just uh, basic financial uh, literacy and the estate planning um, portion will be covered by um our attorney friend and then real estate in terms of like, when is the best time to buy? Um, how do you get ready to buy things of that sort? You know, as we've always said, anything that affects the general population affects those of us in the special needs community even more so. And so what's important to all is twice as important to us. So um, the link for the registration is on the screen as well, or you can also go to Eventbrite and um, look up uh, someday is today and it's spelled S U M D A Y uh, is today. And so at this point, I just want to thank everyone that has taken the time to join us here today live. Thank everyone that may be joining us after the fact. And Michelle, I want to thank you for your time today. I think, um, you know, one of the great things about what we do here is being able to build worthwhile relationships with people and, and add to the village and have it grow. So thank you so much for your time with us here today. Thank you so much. Most, and most happy definitely. birthday again. Uh, thank you so very much. That means a lot. And I, I also, I just want to say, you know, again, just remember that questions are more powerful than uh, statements. Um, we should judge less and try to be a little more childlike um, and less childish. And um, wherever you are within the sound of my voice, um, just know that...